Spring is in full swing, and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool, or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33. Beach. Thanks to the Boardwalk Plaza for being the Bridge Podcast Network sponsor. Some of my favorite conversations have happened over the rims of mugs. I'm Denise Harper, co-host of the Morning Show with Bill and Denise, and program director for the Bridge. There's something special about sitting across the table from a friend, whether we've known them forever or for just a minute, with a good cup of coffee and an open heart. And hopefully, today's conversation will inspire and encourage you. It is wonderful to spend some time with you. And I know so often I say I love spending time with a good friend over a cup of coffee, just chatting, catching up. And I said, whether you know somebody for for years or you've known them for a minute, uh, it's, it's wonderful to have conversation over the rims of mugs. That's what some of my favorite conversations are. And oddly enough, the name of my podcast. And today I'm making a new friend. I have Baylor Wilson with me today. Hey, hey. Welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. I cannot wait to hear your podcast. As soon as you said the title, I was like, that'd be a great name for a podcast. (laughs) So there you go. You beat me to it. Well, you came um, by way of Nashville. You're living in Nashville now. Yes, living in Nashville. Were you from Nashville? No, I'm originally from Dallas, Texas. Ah. Yep. So I'm a Texas girl. Okay. Yeah. Hence the cowboy hat when you walked in. Hence the cowboy hat. Yeah. I I call it a fedora. (laughs) Um, But yes, I definitely wear hats and boots, you know, on the regular. Although I have my Nikes on today, so I keep Ah. it, you know, I keep it fresh. Yeah. All right. (laughs) All right. Well, um, I thought we'd just take a couple minutes and kind of get to know you. Little icebreaker. Oh, I can't wait. I'll throw some things out and you answer whatever comes to your mind. Oh, here we go. Coffee or tea? Coffee. I love you already. Yes. (laughs) Lattes. Okay. Romance or documentary? Oh, documentary. Really? Yes. Okay. I love documentaries. Yeah? Yeah. Your favorite? You have a favorite? Um, Can't think of one right now. Ooh, recent. Let's see. Documentary. Nope, can't think of it. Okay, all right. Okay, <laughs> something but you to like do because you like learning. Yes, I love learning. Okay. I'm a learner. Okay. Something to do with songwriting or music. So anyone's documentary that involves that. Yeah, I love it. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Favorite food? Um, queso and chips. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or quesadillas, or pretty much any Tex-Mex. Well, involved. That makes total sense. Yeah, but I also like sushi. Okay. So great sushi sushi. Sushi, sushi, sushi. On the Eastern Shore. I know. We should do that today. Yeah. (laughs) All right. uh, Favorite book? Other than the Bible. Yes. Um, I love anything by Tim Keller. Yes. Pretty much uh, anything by TK. I call him TK for Uh. sure. Um, What else? I love The Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer. Mm. It is fire wow and it's it's actually really short it's a small book but it'll take you about a month because of the density of his words and i have to like google every definition (laughs) you know but it's worth it like by the end your faith is like you feel like you could conquer Mm. you know the world with jesus yeah so yeah all right favorite band or artist well 
pre-Jesus, it was Sheryl Crow. Okay. Um, and I still love Sheryl Crow. But now I love a lot of people. Right now, I'm really into Maverick City. Yes. Um, those people are my people. <laughs> uh, I actually got to write for them at a writing camp a few, I guess, a year ago. Oh, my wow. gosh. It's been a year. Wow. So Chandler Moore, shout out. I love yes. him. And all those people with Maverick mm. City. They're all... Um, worshipers in yeah. spirit and truth. Yeah. So I love them. I listen to Eddie James. I love Eddie James. Uh, he's gospely, worshipy. Okay. Uh, he will he will scare you for a second, and then you listen, <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, okay, yes, sir." You know. Um, I specifically love his record, his piano record. It's just him and a piano. It's called "Come, God, Me and My Piano." Mm. So good. Wow. Um, yeah. Awesome. All right. Favorite place you've ever visited. Um, wow. That's hard when you travel. Yeah, I travel a lot. I was just talking to Janie about one of my favorite places called Normandy, France. Mm. So it's, it's outside of Paris, a couple hours outside. And I went there right after college. I committed, I told myself I was going to travel to Europe, however way I got there. And so Mm -hmm. I used all of my savings money at that time to fly myself to Europe. And I, and I traveled all around Paris and Germany and Scotland. But my favorite place was Normandy, slash Paris because mm. Normandy's like the farmland yeah. of France and then Paris is Paris. Okay. So I loved France. Mm. My grandmother speaks French, but I don't. So I really want to learn. Oh yeah. At some point. Yeah. You know there's a uh there's a app called I want to say Duolingo. Yes. And you can learn. I should do that. I started uh as soon as we went in lockdown I yeah. decided I'm going to learn a new language and I always wanted to learn French. Yep. So, but we talked about it actually yeah. on our morning show and somebody sent me a, a link to what? it and I thought, I'm going to do this. And I learned a few things and then <laughs> got a little too hard. I mean, it's, it's difficult. I feel like it's hard to learn a new language. It's hard to feel motivated unless you're in the country. Yeah. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like if I go, if I went over and lived in France mm-hmm. for a year, I would come back fluent. Yes. You know, and yeah. talking about coffee and tea, like those people know how to drink coffee and tea. Right. Yeah. And so I, I mean, I remember sitting there for hours and just, <laughs> bonjour, hello, you know, <laughs> pretending like I'm this French girl. And I look so American with my <laughs> fedora. Out. Yeah. Oh, boots on. Do you think because of that, they're less stressed? Because they, they all, you always see them sitting at That's the little cafes and you point. think, wow, probably so. Way, yeah. With the amount of you know tea that eases them (laughs) who knows who knows all right who most influenced you growing up not doesn't have to be uh artist wise just okay um well definitely my mom uh i would say she was my hero growing Mm -hmm. up she owned a business she ran the business she was my coach she was my mom she was she became one of my best friends um which at certain points was a little unhealthy. <laughs> like she needed to be yeah. <laughs> disciplining me. Yeah. And I was like disciplining her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, my mama, um, Missy, she was definitely probably the biggest influence yeah. in my life growing up. That's good. Yeah, it was That's great. Good. And my grandmother too, her mom, Gigi. Mm-hmm. Um, she is the artsy one of our family. Well, we're all kind of artistic, but Gigi is the one with purple hair and still, um, you know, <laughs> s- randomly screams in Spanish and French. And will <laughs> she has art all over her house from like men in prison. I don't know how she finds this stuff. 
um, these artists that are in prison. Anyways, wow. crazy lady. But okay. she took me shopping and um, she just always encouraged me to follow like my dreams as far as art go. She, yeah. she encouraged, I mean, we were watching Pee Wee Herman movies growing up in her, in her kitchen. And I spent a lot of time over at my grandparents cause my mom was a single mom and worked. Yeah. So I would say definitely my mama and then her mama, mm-hmm. um, influenced me Big heavily influence. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, did you grow up with a microphone wanting to sing? That was like the dream or did you have other dreams? That wasn't the dream, um, that I was aware of, even though, like I just said, I would spend hours in my grandparents' living room or kitchen forcing them to watch me, you know, dance, sing, yeah. act. I have a video of when I was like, I don't know, three or four, where I'm just doing a dance for hours, like making it up, showing them. And then if they looked away for one second, I'd be like, what are you doing? Watch me. <laughs> so I think I was always um, like encouraged to entertain, you know, and yeah. and applauded for it, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of what led me into the arts and I was a cheerleader my entire life. So being on a stage in front of thousands of people with the sport of competitive cheerleading, like encouraged that too, mm-hmm. um, the entertainer in me. And so, but it wasn't a microphone until probably 16 or 17. I picked up the guitar, uh, and secretly played in my bedroom and just taught myself on YouTube and taught ah, myself a couple songs I and that. yeah. And I was doing it for like therapy reasons. Honestly, I was yeah. just like, you know, getting some emotion out, some angst, teenage mm-hmm. angst. And, and my family was going through some stuff. And so I was the oldest kid of four at that time. My mom and my stepdad at that time had a joint marriage, joint family. He had two kids. My mom had me and my little sister. And I thought I had to like take responsibility for everything, even though I didn't. So I'm upstairs like playing guitar and, and that led into me being asked to like, you know, play shows or for the local whoever, and then lead worship at like young life, even though mm. I didn't even really know Jesus yet. They oh. were, they were having me lead cause I was the girl that knew how to play guitar. Yes. So that's kind of how that started. And then I fell in love with it. Um, and just was so drawn to, um, sharing my heart through songs and stories and, you know, over the microphone and even just over like a living room show with friends and family. I love that. You know? So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's back up a little bit. You mentioned cheer. Yes. So tell me about that. Yeah. So my mom um, majored in musical theater, but after college, she got a job at a high school teaching like speech slash theater and they, they needed a cheer coach for the high school. And she was like, heck no. I don't know what y'all, why me? No. <laughs> But she was the perfect person for it because she already poured into these students and mm. then they saw that she could do that with cheerleaders. So she's like, all right, fine, if you guys need one. Well, she fell in love with it. And so that that kind of began um, her coaching journey. And she wasn't even a cheerleader. That's the funniest part. She never cheered wow. a day in her life. She just <laughs> learned it. And I think the theater background kind of helped like fake it till you make yeah. it. Like, you know, <laughs> so she, she opened up a cheerleading gym. We moved back. My parents got divorced when I was really young. And so um, my dad stayed in Colorado and my mom moved us back to Texas where she's from. Mm-hmm. And she opened up a gym, like a massive cheerleading gym in the Dallas area. And I was, you know, born into it. I was just, you know, I was doing backflips at five years old, you know, wow. and just running around the gym and bossing everyone around and pretending like I was the coach, you know, <laughs> all these high schoolers are like, Baylor, shh, like, who are you? 
even though I was better than them. Yeah. Like, and they were probably mad about it. <laughs> they were just jelly. They were so jelly. <laughs> um, but I was, you know, my mom was working for hours and hours. She ran this whole thing. She had, you know, she had a staff. She had employees. Yeah. She was the bookkeeper. She was the everything. I mean, we were we were there till midnight some nights, you know, and I would run around and find somebody to take me to get food. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. not that she didn't feed me. She yeah. did, but she handed me $20. <laughs> I was yeah. like, you got this. <laughs> um, so yeah. And, and that cheer sport kind of like kept me out of so much trouble and, and helped provide so much discipline in my character and, um, kept me in shape. I mean, it was, yeah. it was, it was a good activity to have in the midst of so much going chaos going on around me. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, got really good at it. I ended up leaving my mom's gym at like 13, 14 because I outgrew the level that she mm-hmm. provided. And so I went to this other gym and a couple other gyms uh, in Dallas. And cheerleading is like its own thing. So like if you don't know what I'm talking about, it cheerleading is there's like... There's like a pro cheer. Yeah. There's professional cheerleading. Yeah. There's competitive. There's all mm-hmm. kinds of things. But I'm not talking about like rah, rah, re at a football game. Right. I'm talking about like, you know... High, like, yes, stacked Stunts, up on top. Totally. Yeah, like, I've broken 11 bones. Oh, like, cheering? Cheering. Oh, my goodness. Well, a couple of them weren't cheer, but okay. most of them were. So, yeah, it's a no-joke sport. How, yeah. It's a no-joke sport. Sure. Yeah, and then um, I, won, not... I won Worlds in 2009. Wow, I just remembered awesome. that. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That uh, is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was legit. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Over the Rims of Mugs, made possible by Iconic Sparkle. Get fun and fashionable accessories such as necklaces, earrings, and bracelets that can go with any outfit for any occasion for just $5. Owner Mandy Heinch desires to change the world through her accessories and what it allows her to offer. Fashion accessory advice, boosting confidence, and training those who want to start their own business. Learn more at IconicSparkle.com or on their app. Now, did I hear something about Survivor in your storyline? Yes. Survivor. Like the show, the television like show. Like the actual television show on CBS. Okay. Yeah. So I go off to college in Nashville and, um, you know, I'm, which is a whole Jesus story in and of itself. But basically the Lord used um, a, a man of God in, in my journey to interrupt my path. And he's in music, actually. His name's Jeff Hanna, and he was in the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Okay. Yeah, he's the lead singer. If you don't know who that is, I didn't either. Just go... Did you meet him in a hotel lobby or something? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'll connect the dots here a little. I'll back up. So so I met him at a bed and breakfast in Oklahoma. And the only reason I was in Oklahoma was because I was trying out for cheer. I was trying out for a college cheerleader. Didn't make the team. End up meeting Jeff. My mom and I were down there together. And Jeff starts asking me questions and he's like, well, what else do you do besides cheerleading? Like cheerleading ends at some point. What are you going to do with your life? And he was totally fathering me. Yeah, it was really cool. And he ended up hearing a couple songs that I had written, which I would have never shown anyone. Mm. But he was like, play me something. So I played him a song. He was like, Baylor, what are you doing in Norman, Oklahoma? Like you need to move to Nashville. What are you doing? And that was all it took. I just needed the slight push Mm. to like, you know fly out of the nest. And so I did. I moved to Nashville and started going to Belmont University and couldn't give up the cheer thing for one more year. I cheered there and then I was done. But that second year of college is when Survivor called. Um, The casting director was an old cheer coach of mine. So cheerleading really does have an important role in my story. I see a pattern Um, here. (laughs) Yeah. So this this coach of mine, Stephen Smith, sweet Stephen, I love him. He called my mom and was like, hey, we 
our casting for the next season, but it's not individual players, it's pairs. So we want you and Baylor to come out to Los Angeles and then to Nicaragua where we're filming and play the game Survivor. And my mom's like, oh, that'd be awesome. Like, we're competitive. We're going to kill it. Yes, 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 yes. So she kind of, she didn't really ask if I wanted to. She just told me I was doing this. No, I'm just kidding. She asked, but I said yes without really, you know, doing my research. Oh, I mean, I watched a few episodes, but of course I'm thinking this is TV. They're going to feed us, yeah. right? I mean, like they're going to have snacks. I mean, for sure, right? Like I'm going to get a pillow when the cameras are off. Well, yeah. no, that was not how it went. I went out there and did not have a pillow, no toothbrush, monkeys above my head, lost oh 21 my. pounds, starving, wow. parasite, jungle, jungle, jungle. It was crazy. Oh my goodness. How'd you do? Well, I got fifth. You survived, I got obviously. fifth. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I survived. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I got fifth place, which was a big deal. My mom got third. So she beat me. Wow. Uh, which was awesome. Um, she deserved it. She killed it. Literally. Yeah. She's like, you know, twice my age and survived yeah, all that. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, Survivor was a huge uh, just moment of learning how to be thankful for the small things, mm. you know, and yeah. how to like, you know, interact with different personality types you might never get along with. Yes. So it was a it was a crazy moment in my life. Kind of like living with bus mates when you're touring. So yes. you can be prepared for that oh, yeah. ahead of time. Oh, I'm fully prepared. <laughs> I'm the artist that the band members will want to be with because I'll deal with them. <laughs> In a nice way. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll let them have their space. And, yeah. you know, we all need our, our moment. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. So after Survivor, you're yeah. back in Nashville. So after Survivor, I'm back in Nashville. And I was pursuing country music full time um, throughout college. Like, I barely showed up to class. I did. Don't worry, you <laughs> academic people. <laughs> I went to class, but I mentally was kind of checked out. Mm -hmm. um, and thank you, Jesus. I had good teachers that helped me you know, pass the class, mm -hmm. uh, and graduate. And right after graduation, I, um, signed my first country publishing deal with Brad Paisley's company. Um, it's called Seagale yeah. music and it's on music row right in the middle of downtown Nashville. And so I, I literally went from, you know, going, going to class, you know, and then graduated and was a professional songwriter Wow! like immediately. Yeah. And a lot of my friends didn't get that immediately you know what I mean they mm -hmm. tons of my friends were trying to do that get record deals get published whatever you could get you you just said yes and a lot of them just it didn't happen for them so they would you know wait tables and yes mow lawns and whatever yeah I mean that's my, the thing about Nashville yeah. no matter where you go pretty much everybody is oh. either a musician yes. songwriter my mailman can sing way better than me you know what I mean <laughs> they're waiting tables yeah. delivering yeah. mail yeah. yeah that's why you move there you yeah. know it's the atmosphere it's so awesome yeah. so I one day after about a year and a half into this country deal um I'm I'm playing shows I'm on the road I'm opening up for people I mean I was really headed down this country music thing this path and um I'm sitting at a coffee shop one day and in my personal life, I had started to, I had started to search like full out for, for Jesus. I just didn't know I was searching for Jesus. Mm -hmm. I was searching for, for truth and identity and meaning. And I was a Christian. So I said, I was a cultural Christian. I mm -hmm. called myself a believer um, because I was from Texas and I grew up in a, you know, a pretty good household and people, you know, call themselves Christians around me. And I knew what John three sixteen said by heart. So I called myself a Christian, um, but I didn't know how much sin I had in my life. I had no mm -hmm. idea. And so I'm sitting at this coffee shop one day 
And a girlfriend of mine from college was back in town and she walks over to me and we're like, hi, oh my gosh, hey, la, 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 you know, and she's like, Baylor, what are you doing this Friday night? I'm like, I don't know, going out or I don't know. I have no idea why. And she's like, well, come to this worship night. I've been going and it's changing my life and Jesus is there. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, in my heart, I thought I was already a Christian. Like I genuinely didn't think I even needed a worship night. I was right. like, I'm good to go, mm-hmm. like whatever. But something was drawing me and I and I really was on the inside. I had so much resentment and bitterness and unforgiveness and guilt and shame and all the things that were just totally like crowding out weeds, you know, among all the um, the beautiful flowers in my heart. Yeah. The garden of my heart. Yes. Sounds like a book or a song. <laughs> Anyways, so I show up to this worship night and she sends me the address and I'm thinking it's going to be a church. Well, it wasn't. It was an auto body car shop. What? Yes. And I pulled up and I'm like, what denomination is this? <laughs> What kind of weirdness am I walking into? I mean, I was used to weird moments, like fun, random things. But what am I doing here? Yeah. Well, I walked in and again, the spirit of God was drawing me like it was so apparent because I didn't even question like I questioned it. But then I was like, whatever, I'm walking in. So I went inside. And as soon as I walked in the door, I felt the presence of God. I felt the tangible, um, weighty presence of the Lord. And I Did you say that was the first time you yes, experienced that? Yes. And and it might have been it might have happened before, but I just didn't pay attention. Yeah. Um, or the Lord was hold you know, he's sovereign. So yes. for whatever reason He has a plan. Yeah, he has mm-hmm. a plan and a purpose and the, the timing of your life is already all written. Yeah. So for whatever reason, that night at an auto body car shop, you know, a year out of college, I'm twenty three years old, trying to make it in country music, he was like we're stopping this yeah. and you're going to meet me and know me yeah. and know that I'm holy. And man, mm. did I, I mean, I was immediately overwhelmed to tears, like weeping on the floor. Like I was brought to my knees repenting. I didn't even know what repentance was or asking for, you know, I didn't even know. Mm. And I was just like, Lord, I've, I've been leading my life. I don't want to anymore. I'm opening my clenched hands up to you and I'm surrendering everything. Mm. And they hadn't even preached the message yet. I mean, if you can picture this atmosphere, it was like a bunch of people worshiping God with an acoustic guitar. And that was it. Like there was no lights, no cameras, no smoke machines, no nothing. Simple. Simple. It was like the church of acts, the way Mm, that I picture that. And it set the atmosphere for salvation and healing and whatever God wanted to do. And so he was saving me. I mean, it was like radical. I call it my Saul to Paul moment. I love that. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. I was a new creation, like in a moment, you know? Mm. Um, and then after that, sanctification began. <laughs> and yeah. I, I left that night knowing Jesus was real and that he saved me and that John 3.16 wasn't just a verse, but it really happened. Mm. And so my friend groups would notice that I was changed and they'd be like, Baylor, what happened to you? And I, so I shortened the story down you know, cause I would try and tell this long thing and they'd be like, what? And I'd be like, Jesus happened. Mm. And it became this phrase that I just said to everyone, yeah. guys, Jesus happened to me. He's real. He's real. Oh my gosh. Do you know him? <laughs> and you know, that offended some and it yeah. encouraged a lot of people. Yeah. It woke a lot of the saints up. 
Uh, let mm, me tell you. I, I mean, that. yeah. So I'm thinking that even people who took offense at the time, you sprinkled seeds. 1,000%. You know, through that. Yes. So, and that's really our responsibility. Yeah. Is just to share. Amen. To tell the story of what Jesus has done yep. in your life. Yeah. And let him do the work That's right. in their life. Yeah. Like Revelation says, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen. So whether your testimony is as random and odd as mine, auto body car mm-hmm. shop turned, you know, country music to Christian music immediately. Or it's you grew up in church and you raised your hand and you accepted Christ and you know you did and you've been following him faithfully and you have not strayed from the narrow path. Praise Jesus. Yeah. That's still the testimony of Jesus. You know what I mean? He he still saved you. And I think it's so encouraging for believers, for the church to hear these testimonies. And, and that's why I love Jesus Happened, my first song, mm-hmm. because it remind it takes you back to that moment as you listen to it for you, whenever that was, whether it was your grandmother's kitchen or the first row of the pew or or a car shop, you know, it's, it just <laughs> yeah. reminds you that Jesus happened to you at some point mm-hmm. and he continues happening. It's not like a one. Yes, you're saved. But then it continues all the yeah. way until we see him one day. Amen. So if you don't ever have that experience. I think it's easy to be swayed. Absolutely. When tough times come, when somebody else tries to lead you down a different direction. Absolutely. But when Jesus has happened in your life. Yeah. There's that stone memorial yes. kind of that they talk about in the Old Testament Woo. where you just, you know, and you constantly will go back to that and say, no, yes. I know my no, life this, changed. Yes. That day mm-hmm. I was different. No matter what yeah. storm comes yeah. or what, you know, false, whatever comes yeah. my way. Yeah. And I think something that I want to say that's, that was really important for me specifically is this worship night ended up becoming my church, um, which they didn't plan on, but it did. And something that they're big on, my pastors, and that I was super serious about was the word of God. That kept me mm. safe. So even though I had like this radical kind of like, you could call it ethereal, whatever, just like interesting moment in, with the spirit, the truth, the word of God is what yeah. renewed my mind. Mm. So like no matter what happens to me, no matter how hard life gets or doesn't get or whatever, the, the mountains and the valleys and all the stuff, the, the word of God keeps me on the narrow path. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so that's what truly changed my life was like Jesus did, but he is the word. So Jesus and Jesus. That's right. You know, that's um, right. So yeah. Isn't it beautiful that he left us a love letter? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know what I would have done. I I, I'm so encouraged by the fact that all the Old Testament prophets only had the law yeah. and we have the whole thing. We have the, we have the New Testament, yeah. you know, and then yeah. it's all amazing and equally divided and please read it all. If you haven't, mm-hmm. it's incredible. I know the book of Numbers can be a little... <laughs> sometimes but but if you read the the yeah. commentary and like why it's written yeah it encourages you yeah. you know i love that too because i feel like it was kind of guardrails yeah for the uh for the israelites and some Amen. of those things can be guardrails for us too we realize how important it is to yes. have guardrails built into yes. our life yeah. yeah like it says the reason the old testament was written the reason i think it says this in the new testament and i might quote it incorrectly. I'm sorry for the Bible scholars out there. It's okay. But it says that we won't make the same foolish. It's written so we won't make the same foolish mistakes Mm -hmm. that they did. So I bring up the Israelites all the time because who are we? Like, we're no better. Like, we're oftentimes longing for Egypt. You know what I mean? And the promised land is like tomorrow probably. And we just, just hold out for one second. You know, it's funny because it's work to get there. Yes. Even though Jesus did all the work he did he did the most important part. Exactly. You know? Yes. Um, and we just have to walk in obedience along with Amen. that. But how often do we want to go back 
to just the comfort what we knew before yeah even if it was really bad even if it was bondage yeah it's like wait a second and 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 that's the enemy's plan you know is to derail us off the path back to our own sinful nature yeah you know and our sinful whatever we were doing yeah so, so, and it might not even be something really, really bad in the eyes of the world. Right. But if it's apart from Jesus, oh, it's, it's not where we're meant to be. No. <laughs> we're supposed to be so close to him. Yes. He is the way. You know what I mean? So a lot of times people are like, I don't know which way to go, or I don't know how to follow him. Well, get to know him. Yeah. You know, just follow him. Sometimes I'll have visions of like, you know, this crazy dark world around me, you know, just all around me. But Jesus is right there. In the midst of it, you know, I mean, he was asleep in a boat, y'all, during the middle of a storm where they could have died. So we're going to be okay. (laughs) We are going to be okay. And, you know. Yes. And amen. Amen. (laughs) All right. So did you ever think that your music career would be launched during a pandemic? (laughs) (laughs) And how has that worked for you? Honestly, it's been awesome. I, uh, I did not think that, nor plan it. Again, he's the the author. So yes, Lord, whatever you say. But yeah. But no, I actually signed my record deal at the literally in March, the beginning of the pandemic, oh, wow. virtually. I signed virtually, which wow. is epic. And that's that's 2020 <laughs> slash 21 for the 21st century for you. Yeah. You can sign record deals over email nowadays. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't know what that was going to look like. I was just, again, walking so much by faith and not by sight. At that point, God was teaching me how to literally trust him. Like it, what it felt like in the spirit was like, a slow motion backwards trust fall into his arms Mm. like this real slow I mean Mm. uncomfortably slow motion trust fall into his arms and he has carried me I mean he has led me from meeting to meeting from you know now I'm on radio tour so like this is a new season of literally putting out the song that I was living you know Mm -hmm. um and so it's been interesting the pandemic involved but I've been so grateful because so many people are like now so grateful to even have any in-person interaction. Yeah. And even if you don't, if you can't, Zoom has been a blessing. Yeah. And I'm thankful for it. Yeah. And as hard as it is sometimes to like, you want to like push your hand through the screen and shake their hand. <laughs> Hi. But for whatever reason, know. you know, God knows what he's doing and God and God yeah. is good. So yes. regardless of what we go through, I mean, yeah. We got through a pandemic, y'all. Yes. So that's amazing. We're coming out the other side. Yes, we are. And so, okay, so biggest takeaway from this past year for you? Well, I got married in the midst of... Do tell. Yes. (laughs) So I feel like the takeaway is uh, that God writes the best love stories as well. Mm. He writes your dream stories, but he also writes your best love story. And I think that's a book, When God Writes Your Love Story. I've read it. I'm guilty. I've read it. You're writing it it now. Uh, I probably am. Yeah, literally. I'm writing a few books right now. But my takeaway is um, that trusting the Lord is actual. Like you can actually trust him in a tangible way Mm. to where it's not just something you say on your lips, but it's something you live out. Yeah. Um, And it's not always comfortable. And it's not always like, I totally get what you're doing, God. Mm. You know, that happens hardly ever. (laughs) Ever. Yeah. No, I don't totally get it. But Lord, you know, but then on the other side of the situation or the relationship or the whatever, you're like, oh, this is epic. This is so much better than I thought. And wait a second, you were refining my character in the midst of it all. And I look more like you now. Praise Jesus. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I learned how to trust the Lord um, with actually every area of my life. Mm. Uh, Now, that doesn't mean that I... I live that out perfectly every day. Um, constantly opening my hands up 
to him with whatever I'm worried about or anxious about or yeah. obsessing over, um, whether it's finances or now my husband or what's my future going to look like or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly um, asking him to help me learn how to trust him more. Mm-hmm. So I learned how to trust the Lord in the midst of all kinds of things changing. Yeah. I mean, I had so many life changes in this last year. Record deal, husband. I'd say. I moved a few houses. I mean, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It's been beautiful, though. What advice would you give somebody who is trying to make something happen, either in their career, either with a relationship, mm. um, a dream? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, if you're trying to make something happen that's not from the Lord, I would just go ahead and let that go. Um, and I know that's really hard to say, and that's probably harsh truth. But for me, it has helped <laughs> in so many ways to let go of pictures that I've had of my future, of whatever that thing is that you're trying to make happen, mm. to let it go and let God give you the picture of what it's supposed to look like. Because sometimes, like we were just talking about, it looks nothing like you would plan, but it's God's protection and purpose and timing. Yeah. Um, so I would just say just to let go, surrender what mm. it is. And sometimes that looks like, for me, I am so visual, so sometimes I'll close my eyes when I'm praying, and I'll lit- literally like close my hand with the thing in it and toss it up in the air and ah. say, here you go, God. Yeah. Or my pastor says, catch. And it's like, obviously he's already holding it. But like, for whatever reason, we as humans need, you know, sometimes we need that. Yeah. So it's like, throw it up in a the air. A visual letting it go. A visual letting mm-hmm. it, yeah, let it go. Here you go, God. Here's my finances. Here's my relationship status. Here's whatever. My worries and fears and emotions and family drama. Whatever. And... And there's this weight that's lifted and you can like skip through your day, you know, and, and whether you don't have the answer or not of what's going to happen, he does and he knows. And, um, so I would just encourage, you know, you to let go and let God, like they say, like actually let go and let God. So your very first song to radio is Jesus Happened. Yes. And, uh, you can, you can get that anywhere that you get your music. Yes, you can. And how can we follow you how can we get yeah you can follow me on pretty much any social media um i just got a tiktok even so there you go oh. for them tiktokers <laughs> i have a feeling you're uh, gonna be busy on that too. i, I like it me. i mean i've already done i've posted a few in the car on radio tour yeah. so uh it's entertaining for me to um preach the gospel in a fun way yeah. you know and but yeah i'm on instagram just at baylor wilson um i think if you just google Baylor Wilson, all of the social medias will pop up, mm. but I'm really active on Instagram. That's like yeah. my personal favorite. Yeah. Um, I saw your wedding pictures. Oh, there. yay. Yeah. You can see it all. Yeah. <laughs> it's my, it's my little, um, photo album, digital, digital photo album. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. I explain what the heck the photos are. Uh, <laughs> I if love it. If it's crazy or not. I love it. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yep. This has been awesome. Baylor Wilson. Yay. <laughs> We were never meant to journey alone. Whether you're having a great day or a hard one, we need each other to celebrate and to stand in the gap. Sharing our stories helps remind us that we are not alone. And when we sit with women who sit at the feet of Jesus, the conversations are different. We walk away feeling inspired, not inferior, because we know this Christian walk is a race, but not a competition. I'm your host, Denise Harper, encouraging you to catch up with a friend or make a new one and enjoy some good conversation over the rims of mugs.